Hello and welcome to Conversations Over the Brew. I'm Amina Atik from Heart of Glass and we are an art organisation based in St Helens, Merseyside. And broadly speaking, we support artists and communities to go on creative journeys together and make art. Conversations Over the Brew is a series of intimate recorded conversations exploring the stories of the people we make art with. This podcast is about the power of listening and conversation and how making art can bring us together and create change. In this episode, we hear from Amy Pennington and Pippa Stirk. Amy is an artist whose work is founded upon collaboration with others. They use humour to connect human experiences and social political issues. Last year, Heart of Glass commissioned Amy to create Queer Treatment, an online workshop to explore queer identity and representation within our media culture. This workshop went on to inspire an animated film of the same name. Pippa is a writer and researcher who's currently preparing their PhD research on LGBT plus experiences in higher education. Amy and Pippa met through the Queer Treatment Workshop. Pippa as a participant and Amy as a facilitator and during this conversation, the pair reflect on queer treatment and what it meant to them. I guess we first met when you took part in uh, the workshop of queer treatment. Yeah, so that that was actually kind of completely on a whim it was just yeah it was very sort of coincidental and like serendipitous in the sense of it was just a friend of a friend had posted the link and I looked I I thought that looked really amazing as a workshop um and then just sort of attended because it looked interesting knowing not that much about what it would actually you know involve and then what is it nearly nearly a year later we're like here having done like quite a quite a few projects together yeah 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 so I'm glad that your friend forward that forwarded it on that's worked quite nicely and I guess what the workshop was about was I was interested I was doing a project with Heart of Glass which was uh started pre-pandemic and it was going to be me working with a lot of LGBTQIA plus um, young people of St. Helens and, you know, slightly further afield. Um, and I think I went up to St. Helens in the February and by the March, everything had shut down. So uh, the project went from being something that was going to be in person uh, to something that kind of switched to online. And for me as an artist, it was uh, I guess getting my head round to doing more things online, which is where uh, an idea for the workshop came about as a way of gathering queers together and looking at, yeah, queer treatment. And I've always been really interested in telly and films. 
and the I guess the workshop was a way to bring people together and have you know some fun but also to share things and to think about representation in TV and what's what that's been like and um yeah what do you think Pippa <laughs> yeah because that that it's really interesting how how that happened with the pandemic because the thing that for me felt so special about like taking part in the workshop just like as someone who wanted to attend something to meet other queer people and then obviously getting involved further and further down the line um yeah the thing that stood out to me was just a really instant connection to other people because also there were people from like was it california or somewhere in the u.s there were people somewhere in the u.s yeah um and just having that connection with basically like no one in attendance knowing each other prior to being at the workshop um was just really nice um especially during that time so it's 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 interesting that that was something that you clearly like had in mind even before everything you know went weird with the pandemic and then was so much more necessary because of the pandemic um yeah because i feel like that's that's the aspect of it that felt really yeah like refreshing and very um like a sort of a new opportunity that maybe wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic um because a lot of online communities that i took part in initially i think were just sort of communities that existed anyway and then had moved online and i think this is one of the the few things or the the earliest things that i took part in that really was like okay i don't know anyone but we're all gonna have a good time and we're all gonna you know we're all here to connect to each other and to bond over this thing um yeah, because you did a couple of a couple of sessions, right? With a couple of groups. Yeah, I think there was a few bits and then I kind of spoke to um, some kind of younger people that were going to be involved in the project in person. So we kind of switched that to an online thing and also a, a queer youth club in St. Helens that we did some work with. Um, so, yeah, so it just shifted the whole dynamics of the of the commission really and I guess that was something that was interesting as in it really opened it up so you may never have been in that room because you're not based in St Helens and you're not that age range in St Helens so it kind of worked things differently and I guess as well what happened there was that the people at school like the young people at school were just completely overwhelmed with having to do Zoom and Teams online and everything moving online there just wasn't the time um anymore so it it had to be done in kind of with smaller groups and different people and open it up and and i I think that's happened a lot with the pandemic things have i mean it's been obviously very closed but it's also opened a lot of online things up which i think has been interesting and i think that there was a sense when the workshop was taking place and there was you know definitely people sharing a lot of personal things with um, with characters that have informed them or they were inspired by or didn't like or, were, you know, real big stereotypes that people really shared. And and I really felt like a lot of 
um, I felt safe in the room and I felt that everybody, you know, really got something out of it, which was really nice to see that could happen online and not just in person, I guess. I think I was really interested in that. And I guess how the project has kind of developed and moved on is that um, Pippa kind of went then on and wrote about queer treatment in a really beautiful way. And uh, I think it worked so well that Pippa was there at that workshop to then write about it. And we were just really lucky that, you know, you're a writer. Thank you. <laughs> so, and that, yeah, you got to write about it. That just worked so well. And there are things that I think you highlight in that text that, are, are, you know, make me think slightly different about things. Is that, yeah, for me, as a writer, I think that, again, sort of the whole community and interactive aspect of it was really, like, I don't know, I don't want to sound cheesy and be like, oh, it was so thrilling, because it kind of sounds like I'm giving, like, an Oscar speech. But, like, it was. I'll take it, <laughs> I'll take it. Because it's, yeah, because I feel like if you do writing, like, you know, like I do, like article writing or like, you know, research writing or short stories and something like that, you you only work with text. It's really easy to just, especially if there's, you know, a social or pandemic reason for it, it's really easy to just shut yourself in a room and just type away and then deliver the final product to whoever's commissioned it or wherever you're pitching it to. And then that's kind of the end of it. And you don't, you never have to like see someone and you never have to talk to someone in like a face-to-face way you just you know you you write stuff you deliver it you write some emails you do some invoices that's that's it um but then taking part in the workshop and then writing about taking part in the workshop and writing about the film is you know you do actually have to think about other people's perspectives and you have to you know take into account you know for for the um writing I sort of yeah we had another couple of chats talking about your um yeah your view for the project and what you intended with it so it wasn't just you know my perception of taking part in it and then watching the film it was also very much about yeah both both our involvements at the same time and I think that kind of sort of broke through that layer of like writing as just being a very sort of solitary alone activity which was really nice just from you know both from a creative perspective in that it actually you know makes your work better if you get other people involved but also just from a social perspective and like a mental health perspective of like yeah I'm not just sitting in my room all day doing things by myself there is you know there's other people to get involved with Mm-hmm. And I think the project as a whole kind of like you do a bit and then a bit more would come. So, you know, it started off where it was going to be a project, you know, completely different in person. It changed to kind of these small online events. And then I've kind of did the our kind of queer treatment workshop and then something developed. Then me and you kind of started working together after I'd, because then I made the film of queer treatment, which involved you within that because I was quoting you and I was quoting the other people that took part and then you wrote about it again so it's it's like it's yeah just very process based and kind of organically I guess came about like bit by bit more kind of revealed itself um 
to the point where we're sitting here now again, which is really nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that like the fact that both the workshop and the film so sort of rely on collage and like taking different elements from different things and from different mediums. You know, you've got like the um, cartoons and the archive footage and the, um, you know, your original um, animation in that and your voiceover mixed with these, you know, pre-existing characters. And it's almost as if the way that we've then gone about um, talking about it and doing f further projects based on that in itself is also a collage of like, yeah, our feelings towards the project, project and our interaction and how we've, you know, yeah, like developed our like orientation towards towards the workshop does that make sense yeah i'll go with that yeah definitely <laughs> you're the writer here i'm just oh, i'm lapping it up <laughs> oh, so much pressure i think that like as well this kind of collage and kind of different mediums that were used within the film and i guess even in the workshop different things like that is something that i'm always interested in playing with like i really like you know, using film one minute, doing a drawing the next, doing a performance. It, I really like mixing that up. And for a time, I think I was like, oh, no, just got to be one thing. And I did a lot of drawing. And now I really like mixing it up because that just excites me. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think the film had that kind of level to it and the workshop did. Um, yeah, and I think that that can be really fun sometimes, you know. And it also just feels like a more honest way of how people actually engage with these things. Because, you know, as you grow up and you interact with, like, queer media, like, if you go into, like, the textbooks of representation, it kind of feels as if, you know, first there were books, then there were films, and now there's television, and, you know, never the three shall meet. But really, you know, obviously, in our everyday lives, we do take bits of everything and use that to think about our own identities and our own, you know, yeah, our own queerness. Um, and it's not, yeah, we don't just, you know, read one book, project ourselves onto that book, and then that's it. You know, we take we take bits and pieces. We take may take, you know, bits of a character that we really like, but then leave the bits that we don't like, and then take a bit from another character in a different medium. Um, and it that does just feel like a more genuine way of how people see themselves in characters. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that was what was interesting in the workshop, actually, was like looking at how varied the characters were that people um, brought to the table, you know, from a cartoon character with hairy armpits to um, your McCloyd's daughter one. It's like these different, these really completely different, I guess, genres and, you know, films or TV, these completely different characters are all mashed into one. And I think you're absolutely right. We do pick and choose all these different bits to what suits us and it's always growing and it's always changing. Just like queerness, I guess. Yeah. And I think I think what would be, I don't know, maybe maybe people have already um contacted you 
with regards to this, or like, you know, maybe in a more casual way, just spoken to you about it. But I just kind of like imagine people seeing the film that came out of queer treatment and yeah, do, doing like a similar um, thing with their own friendship group or with their own like acquaintances and seeing like, okay, well, which are which are the characters that we grew up with and that we, you know, found ourselves in and we related to and how can we make that into something that's, you know, like like this collage, but with our own twist on it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think there is something, there's something really, for me, empowering and, like I say in the film, cathartic about having those conversations because I never got to have those conversations as a kid, you know, and you just didn't you know, when I was growing up, because I'm talking 20 years ago that I came out or something, I'm 37 now, and, it, you know, there's a lot of shame. And so it was, a, you know, reclaiming it all, um, of having these conversations, yeah, as an adult, as older, but it felt really nice to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that, yeah, like you say, other people could do, and it, and hopefully it does encourage people to have those conversations. Um, and thinking about what's different now and how it's changing and, and what's going on and how people are using all the different platforms um, is really interesting, I think. Yeah, I, I love the bit that you included about um, TikTok and gaming kind of making it more like democratized and like um, yeah, interactive platform for young people to know because yeah obviously you know with stuff like film and tv and books you can't you know the characters can't really talk back to you you can't talk to the characters or the people involved or you don't have any sort of agency in that um but with the more you know like new media there is that interaction and that sense of like already being able to make it your own not just in in your interpretation but also just how you interact with it like you know there are um you know there are people who are like very big on social media that you can actually you know in in many ways talk to and can react you know sometimes in real time there's a lot of people who do live instagrams or like um, live TikToks where they actually will respond to the comments as they come up so it's a very interactive process as opposed to a character in a book which is kind of, you know, by the time you read the book the character is already the the text is already finished and you can't respond mm-hmm. to it and you can't really interact with it um, so yeah, that would be really interesting to see if, if you know, when people have the same conversation in like 30 years time, how will how will that sense of like interpretation and agency develop as as the mediums develop? Yeah, definitely. It's like the modern equivalent of choose your own adventure. Mm. You know, I don't know if you can remember that, but it was like you'd roll the dice and then you'd have to go to chapter six if it rolled on six or choose something. It's like, yeah, it's advanced a little bit, let's say. Like, 
I'd be quite interested to know, like, what type of things inspire you, like Pippa, whether that's with your writing or anything else, like what, yeah, what gets you going? Um, I think with writing in general and with queer treatment, I think both, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm becoming kind of less, less cynical about things. Um, and yeah, feel like over, over time and over, you know, having written things and having people interact with it, realizing, yeah, like, like, you know, a lot of people do have the same values as I do. And a lot of people, you know, want, want the same things as I do. And yeah, like people will respond to emotion or to taking a particular stance in a similar way. Um, which again, when you when you put writing out in the world, having not interacted with anyone before it, maybe it can feel a bit like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I should have just kept this to myself. Maybe no one is going to like resonate maybe this isn't going to resonate with anyone and then when it does it's really rewarding and it's very like oh i just i just wrote this thinking that i was just talking to myself but actually i am talking to other people i just didn't know it yet um because have you found that a lot with with your art yeah and i think maybe because i work a lot with people and make things within collaboration with people it's kind of a joint effort in a way. And I guess when the pandemic hit, it I had to like really, I guess it was an opportunity to turn the lens on myself a little bit and make some work that I was thinking about. I mean, of course I'm thinking about the collaboration work, but it was in a different way. Like I didn't have to necessarily, um, I could just really focus on what I wanted it to be, which obviously you can't when you're like making a co-creation. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, done well. It's yeah, people are heard and people are listened to and you, you make something together. And whereas, you know, I started off, I made a film which was kind of part of all this project, which was called 4.3, which refers to the aspect ratio of a television back in its day, um, rather than a widescreen. And I kind of got all the, some of the queer characters that, I remember watching on telly and I dressed up as them and I kind of recreated scenes within them. And it was bad wigs and, uh, you know, slightly dodgy acting that went in with it all. But I really enjoyed making that. And I think that that was, yeah, yeah, new for me because I'd not kind of turned the lens on myself for a long period of time. And I think that there's something that, for me is like worthwhile doing that, you know, I love collaborating and uh, it's nice to sometimes make my own work as well. And also I think both fits together. So kind of after um, we did queer treatment, I really started getting interested in like Cow and Chicken, this <laughs> old cartoon network show with a cow and a chicken. And I'm like, I think it relates some way to my gender identity. And I'm just like, it's kind of just going on in the background. 
Um, this is what these drawings are behind me. And that, you know, I'm just kind of doing my other work, as in I'm making a film with my family, so that's going on, and I'm kind of doing this residency with this theatre company, and that's going on, so there's all these projects. But then, like, today I just turned around and did a little drawing of it all, and I was just like, oh, I think it's nice sometimes when things, like, you know, subconsciously are just there, ticking over, and you kind of come back to them. So I think it's really made me, yeah, think about that a little bit more, and... Uh, yeah, th- just think about my practice a bit more, which has been really good. Uh, are cow and chicken going to feature in some of the next films? I think they need to. There's an episode of Cow and Chicken, and it's about when basically these uh, women come on motorbikes, and uh, yeah, just basically it's very referenced lesbianism but in a way that you're like you're most likely cis white straight men that are writing this this is just so inappropriate and it got banned and I think there's definitely something that I would like to do with that episode and it's it, it's really hard to find it and like sometimes it manages to get online and I managed to find it the other day and watch it and I was just like oh my god I can't believe this got on television but I think there's some kind of collaboration that needs to happen with that episode and me with other people somehow I think it could be a fun thing to explore that that just made me think about how like people's how people talk about their relationship to popular culture to me always feels like how people talk about astrology as in it's very like I feel like you get to conversations that you wouldn't really get to if yeah, if you didn't bring those sort of outside elements or these outside sort of archetypes to to project onto where yeah, you know, I'm I'm I don't know, I'm I'm such a Capricorn or you know, I'm a Capricorn, but like, you know, I don't have any of the traits of a Capricorn it feels very similar to like, oh I'm such a I'm such a chicken character. I don't know. Is is the character called chicken? Or is it just oh, a chicken? Yeah. One's okay. called chicken. Cow cow and chicken. I'm gonna send it you, Pippa, you've gotta see it. Exciting! I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah. So now that we're kind of you know coming towards the end of of the podcast, is is there anything in particular that you would like maybe to for people to take away from watching queer treatment? I think, um, well, watch it definitely. Love another view of it and. Yeah, I think it's something that could be interesting for people of all ages to watch because I think it goes from something, so many different people's experience of queerness in different ways and the narrative moves through different, you know, from my childhood things to somebody else's first film that they've watched to something else that I think it's nice that it all, a lot of it comes from lived experience and I think that that's always something quite special when that happens. Um and I guess I'd, yeah, so I'd, and I think it's maybe good for families to watch or parents to get an idea of. Um, and I think that that could be beneficial in some way. And maybe even there's, I might even, it might be something that I end up working with him in a school's context soon with like Heart of Glass in some way. And I think I'm interested in, seeing how that could evolve you know there's so many different options with it there but I think there's something with you know uh, LGBTQIA plus 
issues that it's important that topics remain in school and I think that's really important and like I say uh, within the film you know Clause 28 that Maggie Thatcher brought in had a massive effect on queer people growing up and and that needs to be addressed and it needs to not happen and it needs to be on the curriculum like many things that I think (laughs) need to be on the curriculum Um, so I would be interested in seeing what it's like to take it a bit further Mm -hmm. Um, because what would life have been like if I did watch something like that at school you know how would I have felt and probably the same for you people I know we're a mm-hmm. different generation but I think anything that kind of can validate you in that way and yeah. makes you feel seen even if it's not quite right is a really important thing to bear witness to thanks for listening to this episode check out the show notes for more information about this project We'll be back again soon with another conversation over the brew.